Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from my good buddy, lifelong friend, Grace Gardogski. Hello, everybody. You know, you're right here with us. You're sitting here with us, too. So enjoy what the God of our universe is going to reveal to us and to you. What is he going to reveal today? Now that you mention it, we've got some questions kind of from around the planet. These came in from just all over the globe, different places. But our first question is from Savannah. And she wants us to explain Psalm 46, verse 5 in detail, Bill. There's something in there that's caught her eye and she wants to know what it's in context with and what it could possibly mean or what are the implications of putting Psalm 46 in the middle of the Bible and printing of verse 5. Why would God do that? But she, she wants to know in detail, Bill, in detail. Psalm 46, verse 5. Well, and should I read Was it? there another question, too? Yeah, there is, but we'll just do them one at a time. We've actually got Keith and Naveen Kumar and Paula Grace. They all have questions. Okay. Psalm 46, 5. Psalm 46, 5. Let me read it. Okay. I'm going to have to read four. 46.4 because it breaks up the thought. Yeah, read, read like... Why don't I read 1 through 5? I, I was going to say at least read the the, chap, the verse she wants to be read and then let's put it in context by starting off at the beginning of the chapter. Okay, let's do that. Psalm 46.5 God lives within it. It cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. Okay. So I'm going to read it in context. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in 46 and... Start at verse 1. Okay. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our strong refuge. He is truly our helper in times of trouble. Verse 2. For this reason we do not fear when the earth shakes and the mountains tremble into the depths of the sea, when its waves crash and foam, and the mountains shake before the surging sea. The river channels, the rivers channel bring 
joy to the city of God, the special holy dwelling place of the Sovereign One. God lives within it. It cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms are overthrown. God gives a shout. The earth dissolves. The Lord who commands armies is on our side. The God of Jacob is our protector. Come, witness the exploits of God who brings devastation to the earth. He brings an end to wars throughout the earth. He shatters the bow and breaks the spear. He burns the shields with Let me read a little bit out of the NAS, at least a couple verses, because here it it, it feminizes it. It it puts what Savannah is talking about in the feminine gender. Okay. Okay. So, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. Okay. God is going to help her. It seems like God was doing everything through her as we read the whole song. The whole song. It sounds like peace in the midst of turmoil. It does. It does. And it start. And it sounds like when this river, when this city of God expands throughout the earth, it sounds like he brings an end to wars throughout the earth. Peace on earth. Yes. He shatters the bow and mm-hmm. breaks the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The waters roar. The mountains quake with the swelling of pride. But our stream is is there in the midst. So there's a river that has the presence of God. Let's let Scripture comment on Scripture. Yeah. And Amen. so we can define what this river is. Okay. Let's go to... Ezekiel 47. Do you want to start reading at verse 1? Okay. This uh, is a vision. Okay. We'll see how, how, how well my eyes are doing today. Sometimes when I read to the right, I can't go back to the left and find out where I started because I, I, I'm half blind. But Ezekiel 47 verse 1 Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. I noticed that water was flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from under the right side of the temple from south of the altar. He led me out by the north gate and brought me around outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east, I noticed that the water was trickling out from the south side. When the man went 
towards the east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured 1,750 feet. And then he led me through water, which was ankle deep. And again, he measured another 1,750 feet and led me through the water, which was now knee-deep. Once more, he measured the same length and led me through the water, which was waist-deep. And again, he measured it. It was a river I could not cross, for the water had risen it was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, Son of man, you have seen this. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I had returned, I noticed a vast number of trees on the bank of the river on both sides. He said to me, these water go out toward the eastern region and flow down into Arabia. When they enter the Dead Sea, where the sea is stagnant, the waters become fresh. Every living creature which swarms where the river flows will live, there will be many fish, for these waters flow there. It will become fresh, and everything will live where the river flows. We have this river of life, and that's what Psalmist 46 is talking about, this river that flows throughout the city of God, and it brings life. Everywhere the river flows, it expands the city of God, or the, the, the place where God dwells. And it flourishes. And it, and it flourishes, it brings life. Doesn't that sound like rivers of what? Living, Living water? Who said that? Jesus. And when did he say it? He said it at John the, 7. Yeah. It was a festival. It was a festival. It was the festival of tabernacles. Amen. Didn't Jesus say that the word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. And the word is tabernacle. Tabernacled, yeah. He tabernacled among us. Yes. And one of the ceremonies they would do on the Feast of Tabernacles is they would pour water on the steps of the temple. Okay. I did not know that. It was a, a picture of rivers of living water that restore life. The very thing Savannah is asking about. This yeah. is a picture of it. When they pour, during the feast, when they pour the water on the steps, they are symbolizing exactly what Savannah is talking about. Because in Psalm 46, 4, which is the verse before she wants explained. It says the river's channels bring joy to the city of God, the special holy dwelling places of the sovereign one. 
Okay. God lives within it, cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. Okay. okay. So, so there's at the break of dawn would mean there's an entrance of what? Light. 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 This is a, a revelation of the Spirit of God inside of people, his tabernacle. Christ was the light of men. Yeah, the light of men. And I think we were going to park in John 7, but John 8, right after the woman caught in the adultery, and Jesus says, you remember, mm-hmm. I, I am the, the light of the, the world. world. The one who follows my teachings will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life, have the light of his life. And that's what this was talking about, having the light of this life that brings life to the Dead Sea, which the sea, especially in the book of Revelation, is talking about man that is most depraved. It brings life to that form of death. Yeah. And it brings light. Right. In John chapter 7, remember, we're celebrating Feast of Tabernacles. And it's the word, I think I mentioned it earlier, in John 1, where it says the the word became flesh and tabernacle among us. So Jesus became the tabernacle of God, and then something was going to happen on Pentecost, and who would become the tabernacle of, of God? Us. Okay, so we've got this picture in Psalm 45, 6, that there was a river, but we expanded it by going to Ezekiel, which explained about the river, that the river flowed from the city of God, and it flowed all the way to the Dead Sea and gave life to the Dead Sea, because it was the river of life which is the light of men, which is what Jesus is going to say at this Feast of Tabernacles, the very feast that they poured the water on the steps to symbolize this this river of life. Yes. Okay. It's, okay. So do you want me to read? Yeah, let's John? read Jesus' very words in John chapter 7. Okay, so we're starting in John chapter 7, and the, the setting is Jesus is in a crowd at the last day of this celebration that we're talking about, where you pour the water on the steps to symbolize the river that has life in it and gives life to everything that comes in contact with. He's the picture. No. The, tap, the festival is the picture of the reality of who he actually is. Yes. And they don't even know it. They don't know it, and th- that's why they wouldn't know what Psalm 45, 6 is, is either, because it's a picture of what I'm about to say. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out in a loud voice, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow 
rivers of living water. He spoke this of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, but the Spirit was not yet there because Jesus had not been glorified. So the Spirit had not yet been given because he had not gone to the cross and paid for their sins. But the river in forty-five in Psalm forty-five six was a, going to start flowing in fifty days. Yeah, in Psalm forty-six. Yes, absolutely going, and it was all veiled to them, especially the people that knew the Bible the most. It was they were completely in the dark. The dawn had yet not yet. It, given light. No, but all those types and shadows, all those pictures of the river, talking about it in the Psalms, all that was to give us clues as to what Jesus was saying. And he was saying, the city where I will tabernacle is actually going to be in people. They were clueless to this. In fact, Remember, they sent people to arrest, guards to arrest Jesus. The funny thing was, they said, why didn't you arrest him? And they yeah, said, we were so no man away. ever spoke like this. Right. They, they, he blew them away and they didn't arrest him like they were supposed to. And it's because of this very statement. Because the law, Moses pointed you to yourself. Yes. And you need to work on yourself to have life. Jesus pointed them to Jesus. Basically. No one had ever spoken like that. Before. No. This was. No, he, he said, you can have something that makes your life better. You can have rivers of living water so you'll never thirst again. He was giving them something where the law was always just demanding performance. So we see that the rivers of living water is the spirit. The Old Testament temple where he was speaking was a type and shadow. But God, in Acts it says God does not live in temples made by hands. Where does he live? He lives in us. He lives in we us. We are the temple of God. First Corinthians 3. Don't you know you are the temple of God and he lives in you by his spirit? And we think of living water, we think of drinking water as taking it in, but it says out of will come living water and give life to good, the people good, around you. Good point. Good point. We only think about what's coming to us, but it says we are actually going to be a source of life to people. And it's all That's exactly what shadow. your verse says. Exactly. It's on the rivers the rivers channel bring joy to the city of God. Yes. The special, truly dwelling place. Aren't we the yeah, dwelling uh, place of God? It couldn't be more clear once you look at it as part of the Bible as a whole. It couldn't be more clear. And it just says it. God lives within it. Exactly. It cannot be moved. No. God rescues it at the break of dawn. Every day. Light His mercies are new every day. And it has a tremendous effect over the whole earth. Let's look at one more place, maybe. Let's go to Revelation 
chapter 11. We'll go there, but while we're going there, Bill, let me let me just see if I've got this right. Psalm 46 was mentioning about this city with a river coming from it, a living water river where God tabernacled in the city. He dwelt in the city and out of the city came a river of living water just like Ezekiel said, measure the city and look at the east side of it and under the steps, a little stream started coming out and it became a big river of living water that came out of the city that God dwelled in. So it's two pictures and one of them's in Psalms, one of them's in Ezekiel, but they're two pictures of a New Testament reality that we're going to look at in Revelation. Do I have that right? Yes, you do. Okay. If we even went further in Revelation, we'll see the tree of life reappear on both sides of the river. Amen. We sure will. We sure will. It's all a picture of Christ. Every bit of it. Okay, Bill, I'm there. I'm in chapter 11. You tell me when to read and what verses to go with, and I will do it. Okay, so it's Revelation 11, probably go back into 10, maybe into 20, but for now, Revelation 11, and we got to do what we always do when we do the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a unique book in the Bible. Three things I'll say, and they're the opening line. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ it is a revelation of Jesus Christ by Jesus Christ that's where we get that plenary genitive word it's about him and by him it's nothing else and the other thing it was signified by an angel there's lots of angels in the book of Revelation the best way to describe that word angel is messenger it's a spiritual message about the revelation of Jesus Christ given by Jesus Christ. And if you get that, and that it's signified, and it's not signified by whatever we see on TV. Or your imagination. Or your imagination. Every bit of it is signified from the Old Covenant Scriptures. And and let me just... Like Psalm 46. Give a elementary definition of signified. It's signified. Signified. All the signs out of Ezekiel and talking about this river and talking about the city of God, those were all signs that come up in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation signifies all these things that we've learned about through the Old and New Testament. Just like the golden arches are not McDonald's. They signify McDonald's. They're pointing to the reality of a place where you can get a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you want me to read in chapter 11 of Revelation? Maybe read one through four, maybe. So I'm reading the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation, starting in verse 1. And 
you're going to be amazed at this, how much it just sounds like Ezekiel again. And there was giving me a measuring rod like a staff, and someone said, rise and measure what? Measure the temple of God. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Isn't that what Psalm 46 said in Ezekiel had to measure the temple of God? Well, here we are back on the same subject. Measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it and leave out the outside court. Don't worry about that stuff. But it's telling us to measure the temple. Then it says, and the people. Yes. Yes. You, You see, it's not talking about feet and inches. It's talking about What's that verse in Ephesians? Until we we all reach the full measure of the stature of Christ. It's measuring a person, and the standard of measurement is the fullness of Christ. Amen. Amen. So that's what it's talking about. And it's It's a symbol. It's it's not really a, a, a rod and staff measuring a temple because there was no temple when the book of Revelation is supposed to come through. It had been destroyed in it, A.D. 70. Exactly. Most it wasn't people there. put that book after A.D. 70. And it's not talking about one day they're going to build another temple. It's not talking about God never goes that. back to old things. No. He, in fact, it says he never does the same thing twice. And there's never any mention of rebuilding the temple in Bringing the book sacrifices of sacrifices back. Yeah. It, it, it's just not there. You it's can on make TV it up. all the time. Yeah, it's on TV all the time. You can make it up and say, and they're going to rebuild the temple. I, I, did, did Al Lindsay used to say that on late great planet Earth? He did. So this supposed charismatic leader will come in and offer us sacrifices. A yeah. Pig, I yeah. Think it is. Right. The abomination on the temple. But there is no temple. So it, it's like you said. It's the measurement of us, how much we measure up to the fullness of Christ. How filled, remember where it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. How full we are with the Spirit that is supposed to overflow from our bellies, living Living water for people around us to enjoy so that they all come to us just like we were God's chosen city to enjoy fellowship with us. We're attractive to all the birds and the city of joy, it said. City of joy. 46. Yeah. Okay. So then it goes on and I'm starting in, yeah, I'm starting in verse three. I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. Obviously Moses and Elijah. Obviously, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got to be Moses and Elijah because yeah. Elijah didn't die and yeah. Moses is so, coming back and no one knows where his it's, it's, grave is. Bill, Bill it's, it's what the majority of the scholars are saying these days. And it's on the Prophecy Club. And it's on the Prophecy Club. 
but it goes against what the opening line in the book of Revelation says, that it is a revelation of Jesus Christ by Jesus Christ, and it's signified. So verse 4 gives us a sign. Do you want to go ahead and read verse 4? Yes. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. Okay, so there's the sign. There are the two lampstands and the two olive trees. So where do we get that? No, they're two people, Bill. Everybody told me they were two people. Well, here it's saying they are two olive trees and the two lampstands. There are two olive trees and two lampstands. And where would we get that from? It's got to be the Old Covenant. It's got to be the Scriptures. Well, that burst my bubble. (laughs) So let's look in Zechariah chapter 4 and see if we can find anything about an olive tree and a lampstand like we did in the book of Revelation. I'm in Ezekiel chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading. Then the angel who was speaking with me returned me and aroused me as a man awakened from his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? And I said to him, Behold, I see a lampstand all of gold, with a bowl on top of it, and its seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. Also I see two olive trees by one on the right side and one on the left. Okay, so in Revelation 11... It describes two witnesses. It it says there's two witnesses. And then it says, for the sign, it says, they are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. It's just utterly amazing how... There's our two witnesses. Signified. In a thousand years before Christ was even born, this prophet is saying these things. They are why they, is the, story, the witnesses. Yeah. Why is the story of Zerubbabel there? Why? He he knew beforehand that he was going to say this in the book of Revelation. And it I mean, God is so amazing to speak through Zerubbabel two thousand years before the event before he speaks through John the Revelator. Um And they're both saying the same thing, though. It's utterly amazing. So here we go. We have two witnesses in the book of Revelation, and it says they are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. Yeah. Okay, should I keep reading? Yeah, because it's going to say who they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, I see... Two olive trees by it, one on the right side and one on the left. Then I answered and said to the angel who was speaking with me, saying, What are these? And the angel who was speaking with me answered and said to me, 
you, you don't know what these are? And I said, no. Then he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The two witnesses are not, are the spirit and the word. The spirit gives life. It's the spirit that does everything. Jesus said, my words are life. My words are spirit and they are life. And that's what the two witnesses are. And what does it go on to say about a a mountain? How do you move the mountain? With the the law? With determination? Yeah, new, new, new. No, it said not by power. Not by might. By my spirit. Yep. And then it goes on to say, What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become like a flat plain. He will bring forth the top stone with shouts of what? What Law, law. With shouts of grace, grace to it. Grace to the mountain. Grace, I guess, is going to move the mountain and make it into a plain. He's going to say grace to the mountain, and it's going to turn into a flat level piece of land. Unbelievable. Also, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid a foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So the whole point of her question in Psalm 46, here's what the Spirit says in 46.10. He says, stop your striving and recognize that I am God. I will be exalted over the nations. I will be exalted over the whole earth. The Lord who commands armies is on our side. The God of Jacob is our protector. It's kind of the punchline to to the 46th Psalm. Doesn't he say, stop your striving? Exactly, exactly. It's the battle it's belongs the, to the Lord. With shouts of what? Grace. 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 Unbelievable that it grace, literally grace, says grace, grace back then. Back then he knew to say grace, grace. It's the spirit that tells the mountain to be moved into the sea. Exactly. It's and we, grace. We live by this new covenant of grace. And so that's what Revelation 11 is saying, that the two witnesses are his word and his spirit. It's not a, a person, but Never we see was. it. It's his word. Jesus says, my words are what? Spirit and they and are life. life. Yes. And he said, the day of tabernacles, when they poured out the water on the steps, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me, and out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
just like the passage in Ezekiel and just like the passage in Psalm 46, 5. For the river's channel bring joy to the city of God, and it's the city that's ever-expanding, the special holy dwelling place of the sovereign. God does not dwell in temples made by, by human, human hands. hands. Isn't that such a profound statement? Yeah. The God eight, does not, not dwell in temples made by human hands. And he's not going to in the future. There, no. There's not a temple going to be rebuilt. No, no. He Can, says, can't we see we it's the church? The temple. He we says, are. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Lord and he lives in you by his spirit? I mean, I'm so blown away that this whole book comes so unified. It says the same thing he, he spent thousands of years and spoke through 60 different people to bring us these pictures, these pictures of the two men dressed in sackcloth that's really the word and the spirit to, to let us know that he had types and shadows and he made Psalm 46 and it talks about the water that flows from the city and Ezekiel talks about the water that flows from the city, the tabernacle of God. And then God says, I'm no longer going to live in a tabernacle here. I'm going to live in the tabernacle of human bodies, that we are the vessels that God lives in by his spirit. And out of us comes that water that's described in Psalm 46. Out of us, the water comes out. It just utterly blows my mind that he put, he has constructed this Bible all to say the same thing. He was sure of his message before the planet was ever formed. He had a message and a plan and a Bible to write. That's why they call it the scriptures, because he scripted out everything for these people to say and put it all in a book that's so well constructed it just blows my mind even today i'm just fascinated by the continuity of what i'm seeing right in front of my face you're right nobody back then when the psalm was written they did they couldn't figure out what they were saying it didn't make sense to them because the rest of the Bible had to explain it. it. It gets explained in the New Testament and you find out that the Old Testaments are types and shadows. And it, it says that these prophets like Ezekiel and Zechariah, it says they look with careful intent and try to inquire what person or what time the spirit of Christ within them, the spirit of Christ within those prophets was saying all these things that they couldn't comprehend, but they looked and they searched the scriptures trying to figure out what exactly the Christ that was in them was indicating when the Christ that was in them predicted the sufferings and the glory that was to be revealed. 
in Christ that it predicted the sufferings, it predicted the glory that Christ was have, and those prophets were used and they did not understand what they were saying. But we, from our vantage point, can understand what Psalm 46 means. Right, and it, it, if you get this, this is why we're not afraid. Like in Psalm 46, it says, for this reason we do not fear when the earth shakes. And when the political upheaval and nuclear war is threatened by, it says we don't fear because of this. When the waves crash in Psalm 46.3, when the mountains tumble in Psalm 46.2, and the sea rages in Psalm 46.2, the rivers that flows throughout that we talked about in Ezekiel 47, that comes from the temple, rivers of living water. It says in Psalm 46, 4, the rivers, channels bring joy to the city of God, the ever-expanding city of God. The city is people. Yes, it is. The special, holy dwelling place of the sovereign one. Aren't we the, the dwelling places of God? The we, many dwelling we are places? that dwelling place. And so Psalm 46, 5, which is the verse she asked about. God lives within it. He lives within us. He tabernacles in us. And they it doesn't can, matter what the mountains do. It we, says that they cannot be moved. Yes. God rescues it at the break of dawn when the light shines. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms are overthrown. But God gives a shout to the and the earth dissolves. Didn't we just read that in Zerachalot? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel? Yeah, shouts grace, 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 grace to the mountain and it will become a plain. It becomes a plain. It's yes. not a fear. Yes, and we live by the gospel of grace, the gospel of grace and the gospel of peace that God took because thousands of years to engineer a Bible that tells us these things. And so this river is flowing, this river of life that gives life to the lowest part in the Dead Sea. This life is flowing, and it also there's a river mentioned in Revelation 22. The same river of life is at verbatim the words in... Um, exactly. It's still it being talked about. This river that was in 46 is still being talked about in the book of Revelation. And in Ezekiel 47, when we read about the river of life, it says, 47.12, on both sides of the river banks, every kind of tree will grow for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit not fail, but they will bear fruit every month because their water source flows from the sanctuary. That's the Holy Spirit. Doesn't it say we'll be like a tree planted near the river? Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for the healing. Of the, doesn't it say the same thing in Revelation? Let's yes. see, 22, 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the street of the city, the city of God, Psalm 46, the city talked about in Psalm 46. 
On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing the tree of life's back. The, the tree of life is back next to the river of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Doesn't it say the same thing in I mean, Ezekiel 47? I mean, it's Savannah, all talking about Christ. It's talking about his spirit. Go ahead, you were going to say this. Savannah, we've got to thank you for the question because it just goes to show what an intricate part of the message that God took so long to bring out and is spoken about right in the psalm that you're talking about. It it fits. It fits. It had a place as a piece of the puzzle that we get our picture of the gospel from. It was a great verse to, to bring to our attention. And, and we thank you. We really do appreciate that. So just to answer your question on Psalm 46, I'll read 46, 4 and 5. The rivers channeled bring joy to the city of God the special holy dwelling place of the Sovereign One. We said, we are the dwelling place, the body of Christ. God lives within it. It cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. And so I think the question would be, God lives within it. And is it, does God live within the city or does God live within the river? Or could we say all of the above? All of the above and for a picture to us that God is going to live in us. It was all meant to be a picture to us who would believe. That's what Jesus said. To those who believe, the the Holy Spirit would come and flow like rivers of living water out of them. In the midst of chaos all around them. Yes. Yes. They have joy and peace. Yes. So we thank you for that question, and I'll close yes, us in prayer. You. Yes. Father God, thank you so much for your revelation, for how you guided us through the scriptures, as you always do, pointing out the scriptures. And Bill and I don't even have to say anything. We just point to the scriptures, and they unveil the picture, as always, and you guide us into those scriptures that should be remembered one side by side and so I ask you after you've put those scriptures together will you rain down a spirit of wisdom and revelation on everybody who's listening to the podcast about those scriptures so that they can have the mind of Christ as 1 Corinthians 3 1 says that they can have a mind that understands the scriptures and ears to hear and eyes to see. Our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes, Father, give them that life of the Spirit in abundance. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Amen. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you, guys. We love you guys. We love you. Good night. Can't wait for next week's question.